This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. The digital age commodifies our attention often without us realizing it. How can we open our eyes to the resulting dangers and the damage that can happen to our souls? Keep listening to find out more about Jay Kim's Analog Christian, a follow-up to his previous book, Analog Church. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemini Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Kings chapter 8, verses 23-29. through 29. The rest of the events of Jehoram's reign, including a record of his accomplishments, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Judah. Jehoram passed away and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. His son, Ahaziah, replaced him as king. Ahaziah takes the throne of Judah. In the twelfth year of the reign of Israel's king, Joram, son of Ahab, Jehoram's son Ahaziah became king over Judah. Ahaziah was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned for one year in Jerusalem. His mother was Ataliah, the granddaughter of King Omri of Israel. He followed in the footsteps of Ahab's dynasty and did evil in the sight of the Lord, as Ahab's dynasty had done. For he was related to Ahab's family. He joined Ahab's son, Joram in a battle against King Hazael of Syria at Ramoth-Gilead, in which the Syrians defeated Joram. King Joram returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds he received from the Syrians in Ramah when he fought against King Hazael of Syria. King Ahaziah, son of Jehoram of Judah, went down to visit Joram, son of Ahab in Jezreel, for he was ill. Second Chronicles chapter 21, beginning at verse 8, through Second Chronicles chapter 22, through verse 7. Second Chronicles chapter 21, beginning at verse 8. During Jehoram's reign, Edom freed themselves from Judah's control and set up their own king. Jehoram crossed over with his officers and all his chariots. The Edomites, who had surrounded him, attacked at night and defeated him and his chariot officers. So Edom has remained free from Judah's control to this very day. At the same time, Libna also rebelled and freed themselves from Judah's control because Jehoram rejected the Lord God of his ancestors. He also built high places on the hills of Judah. He encouraged the residents of Jerusalem to be unfaithful to the Lord and led Judah away from the Lord. Jehoram received this letter from Elijah the prophet. This is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. You have not followed in the footsteps of your father Jehoshaphat 
and of King Asa of Judah, but have instead followed in the footsteps of the kings of Israel. You encourage the people of Judah and the residents of Jerusalem to be unfaithful to the Lord, just as the family of Ahab does in Israel. You also killed your brothers, members of your father's family, who were better than you. So look, the Lord is about to severely afflict your people, your sons, your wives, and all you own. And you will get a serious chronic intestinal disease, which will cause your intestines to come out. The Lord stirred up against Jehoram, the Philistines, and the Arabs who lived beside the Cushites. They attacked Judah and swept through it. They carried off everything they found in the royal palace, including his sons and wives. None of his sons was left except for his youngest, Ahaziah. After all this happened, the Lord afflicted him with an incurable intestinal disease. After about two years, his intestines came out because of the disease, so that he died a very painful death. His people did not make a bonfire to him as they had done for his ancestors. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. No one regretted his death. He was buried in the city of David, but not in the royal tombs. Second Chronicles chapter 22, verses 1 through 7. Ahaziah's reign. The residents of Jerusalem made his youngest son Ahaziah king in his place, for the raiding party that invaded the camp with the Arabs had killed all the older sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, became king of Judah. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned for one year in Jerusalem. His mother was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Omri. He followed in the footsteps of Ahab's dynasty, for his mother gave him evil advice. He did evil in the sight of the Lord like Ahab's dynasty, because after his father's death, they gave him advice that led to his destruction. He followed their advice and joined Ahab's son, King Joram of Israel, in a battle against King Hazael of Syria at Ramoth Gilead in which the Syrians defeated Joram. Joram returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds he received from the Syrians in Ramah when he fought against King Hazael of Syria. Ahaziah, son of King Jehoram of Judah, went down to visit Joram, son of Ahab in Jezreel, because he had been wounded. God brought about Ahaziah's downfall through his visit to Joram. When Ahaziah arrived, he went out with Joram to meet Jehu, son of Nimshi, whom the Lord had commissioned to wipe out Ahab's family. 2 Kings chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. Jehu becomes king. Now Elisha the prophet summoned a member of the prophet at Gild and told him, Tuck your robes into your belt, take this container of olive oil in your hand, and go to Ramoth Gilead. When you arrive there, look for Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, and take him aside into an inner room. Take the container of olive oil, pour it over his head, and say, This is what the Lord has said. I have designated you as king over Israel. Then open the door and run away quickly. So the young prophet went to Ramoth Gilead. When he arrived, the officers of the army were sitting there. So he said, I have a message for you, O officer. Jehu asked, For which one of us? He replied, For you, O officer. So Jehu got up and went inside. Then the prophet poured the olive oil on his head and said to him, This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. I have designated you as king over the Lord's people Israel. You will destroy the family of your master Ahab. I will get revenge against Jezebel for the shed blood of my servants, the prophets, and for the shed blood of all the Lord's servants. Ahab's entire family will die. I will cut off every last male belonging to Ahab and Israel, including even the weak and incapacitated. I will make Ahab's dynasty like those of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and Basha, son of Ahijah. Dogs will devour Jezebel on the plot of ground in Jezreel. She will not be buried. Then he opened the door and ran away. When Jehu rejoined his master's servants, they asked him, Is everything all right? Why did this madman visit you? He replied, Ah, it's not important. You know what kind of man he is and the kinds of things he says. 
but they said, you're lying. Tell us what he said. So he told them what he said. He also related how he had said, this is what the Lord has said. I have designated you as king over Israel. Each of them quickly took off his cloak and they spread them out at Jehu's feet on the steps. The trumpet was blown and they shouted, Jehu is king. Then Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Jehu, the assassin. Now Joram had been in Ramoth-Gilead with the whole Israelite army, guarding against an invasion by King Hazael of Syria. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds he received from the Syrians when he fought against King Hazael of Syria. Jehu told his supporters, If you really want me to be king, then don't let anyone escape from the city to go and warn Jezreel. Jehu drove his chariot to Jezreel for Joram, was recuperating there. Now King Ahaziah of Judah had come down to visit Joram. Now the watchman was standing on the tower in Jezreel and saw Jehu's troops approaching. He said, I see the troops. Joram ordered, send a rider out to meet them and have him ask, is everything all right? So the horsemen went to meet him and said, this is what the king says. Is everything all right? Jehu replied, none of your business. Follow me. The watchman reported, the messenger reached them, but hasn't started back. So he sent a second horseman out to them and he said, this is what the king says. Is everything all right? Jehu replied, none of your business. Follow me. The watchman reported, he reached them, but hasn't started back. The one who drives the lead chariot drives like Jehu, son of Nimshi. He drives recklessly. Joram ordered, hitch up my chariot. When his chariot had been hitched up, King Joram of Israel and King Ahaziah of Judah went out in their respective chariots to meet Jehu. They met up with him in the plot of land that had once belonged to Nebo of Jezreel. When Joram saw Jehu, he asked, is everything all right, Jehu? He replied, how can everything be all right as long as your mother Jezebel promotes idolatry and pagan practices? Joram turned his chariot around and took off. He said to Ahaziah, it's a trap. Ahaziah! Jehu aimed his bow and shot an arrow right between Joram's shoulders. The arrow went through his heart and he fell to his knees in his chariot. Jehu ordered his officer, Bidkar, pick him up and throw him into the part of the field that once belonged to Naboth of Jezreel. Remember, you and I were riding together behind his father Ahab when the Lord pronounced this oracle against him. Know for sure that I saw the shed blood of Naboth and his sons yesterday, says the Lord, and that I will give you what you deserve right here in this plot of land, says the Lord. Now pick him up and throw him into this plot of land, just as in the Lord's message. When King Ahaziah of Judah saw what had happened, he took off up the road to Beth Hagen. Jehu chased him and ordered, shoot him too. They shot him while he was driving his chariot up the ascent of Gur near Ablin. He fled to Megiddo and died there. His servants took his body back to Jerusalem and buried him in his tomb with his ancestors in the city of David. Ahaziah had become king over Judah in the eleventh year of Joram, son of Ahab. Jehu approached Jezreel. When Jezebel heard the news, she put on some eyeliner, fixed up her hair, and leaned out the window. When Jehu came through the gate, she said, Is everything all right? Zimri, murderer of his master. He looked up at the window and said, Who was on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him. He said, Throw her down. So they threw her down. And when she hit the ground, her blood splattered against the wall and the horses, and Jehu drove his chariot over her. He went inside and had a meal. Then he said, Dispose of this accursed woman's corpse. Bury her. After all, she was a king's daughter. But when they went to bury her, they found nothing left but the skull, feet, and palms of the hands. So they went back and told him. Then he said, It is a fulfillment of the Lord's message that he had spoken through his servant Elijah, the Tishbite, and the plot of land at Jezreel 
Dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's corpse will be like manure on the surface of the ground in the plot of land at Jezreel. People will not be able to even recognize her. New Testament reading. Matthew chapter 26, verses 31 through 35. The prediction of Peter's denial. Then Jesus said to them, This night you will all fall away because of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter said to him, If they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, on this night, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 38. Simon, Simon, pay attention. Satan has demanded to have you all, to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus replied, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. Then Jesus said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or traveler's bag or sandals, you didn't lack anything, did you? They replied, nothing. He said to them, but now the one who has a money bag must take it and likewise a traveler's bag too and the one who has no sword must sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me, and he was counted with the transgressors. For what is written about me is being fulfilled. So they said, Look, Lord, here are two swords. Then he told them, It is enough. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Thrice holy God, I thank you for your word given to us, O Lord God. The ways, O God, that it instructs us, the ways that that the Holy Spirit uses it to convict us, uh, the ways that it trains us up in godliness and righteousness and holiness, O God. Uh, The ways that it's a mirror unto ourselves, O God. There are times where we read the word and we're like, ooh, I know I've read the word. I'm like, ooh, gosh, the Bible is so gully. It's so messy. It's not that the Bible in and of itself is messy. It's that we have messy ways. It's that we have gully ways. There's just uh, the one who has ears to hear can receive the word, oh God, that you would help us, oh Lord God, to to heed the warnings in here. Heed the encouragements, oh God. Heed the exhortations, oh God, and the messages within the narratives in the lives, oh God, of those who have either honored you or dishonored you in your word, O God. We know, O God, that many of the people of the Bible and in the present, uh, present saints, O God, we, 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 by God's grace, are able to do great things for you, O God, and yet we also err and we fail. Um, and I pray, God, that we would not be defined by our failures. I thank you that the grace of the gospel doesn't define us by our failures, O God. But we are called to walk in congruence, O oh God, and in conformity to your will, O oh God, and to your gospel, O oh Lord. And as I think about just Jezebel's, O oh God, just, whew, just, just disreputable death, O oh God, where her body was not even recognized, 
Well, you, you prophesied that and you said that that's exactly what would happen through Elijah the Tishbite, oh God. Uh, I just pray, oh God, that that would stand as a warning for us, oh God, to live in the ways that we would like to be remembered in death. Would you help us to live lives of honor? Would you help us to live um, lives, oh God, that are pleasing to you, that bring you glory, oh Lord God, and where our lives are not in disrepute, oh Lord, where, where people are not ashamed to say our name when we are long gone? Lord, we just pray. I pray that you, oh God, would help us, oh God, to be marked by honor, integrity, kindness, generosity, oh God, long-suffering too. Would you help us, oh Lord God? I pray that our faith, oh God, would not fail, oh Lord, and that we would take heed, oh Lord God, and that we would not find, uh, not that we would not be self-righteous or be found prideful um, with regard to our status in Jesus Christ as co-heirs, oh God, that we would know that it's a gift of grace, oh God. And I thank you that Jesus Christ even now is interceding for us because we know that Satan, Satan is our enemy and seeks, oh God, to devour us, oh God. But you would help us, would you help us to resist the wiles of the enemy, that you would help us to resist the schemes and the plot, the wicked plots of the devil himself, oh God. And would you help us to know that Jesus is praying for us, that we might not be sifted as wheat, oh God, and that we, that you, oh God, are help, you're able to make us stand. And I thank you that you, that we will never ever fall out of your hands, oh God, because it is you that is holding us in your grip, oh God. You have not lost one. And I thank you. And we're grateful to be in the number, God. And I pray that those who are not yet in the number, I pray that the Holy Spirit would draw them now, that they would see the beautiful light of the gospel, and that they would declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we hear the voice of the Lord, I pray that they would not harden their heart, but that they would ex- receive the implanted word of the gospel right now in this moment. You are mighty to save. Your arms are not too short. I pray, oh God, that you would draw. Draw, draw, draw everybody who is listening, oh God, to this podcast, oh Lord God, who may not yet be in you. God, I pray you draw them to you. It doesn't have to take, it doesn't have to be a big uh, theatrics. It doesn't take a big production. All they have to do is receive the implanted word of the gospel by grace, through faith. Do it, oh Lord. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. In Analog Christian, author Jay Kim explores how followers of Jesus should respond to the digital age, which inclines us toward discontentment, fragility, and foolishness. He also discusses the theological basis for living in creative resistance to the forces of our day and how Christians can cultivate the contentment, resilience, and wisdom to not only survive, but to thrive in this age. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word, that's promo code T-H-E. W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag 
get in the word and hashtag truth's table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.